Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father, I just thank you for this word um, that you have prepared through me. I thank you for speaking through my mind, thinking speaking through my lips, thinking through my mind. I pray, not of me, but all of you. Father, I pray, I, I pray for illumination, inspiration, and revelation of your word um, for all who, have, who hear it. And I thank you, Father God, for um, just providing me this opportunity to speak to your people. I thank you for using me in any way you see fit for your, to accomplish your will. I thank you that everyone in the sound of my voice, whether they're watching this live, or in the replay, or they're listening to the podcast, I thank you that they will be doers of the word and not hearers only. I thank you that every word spoken today will be sown on good ground, that it will produce a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold as your word declares. And I thank you, Father, for, for uh, PD and Lady Courtney and the right household and the leadership of this church. I thank you just for covering them and blessing them and keeping them. I thank you for um, helping them to maximize their time, Father, uh, with each other as well as in their respective duties and school and work and as parents and past ministers and um, as a pastor and just everything that they have to do, Father. I thank you for giving them grace and ability to maximize their time as well as um, time to rest and recover. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so go, go with me to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. I'm going to really I'm going to read from the New Living Translation and also from the ESV. Um, and it says this. Then the Lord said to me, Write the answer, write my answer plain on tablets, so that a runner can carry the message, the correct message to others. The ESV version says. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. And so the idea here is that we have the the Lord has given a vision, right? We, we've heard this verse a million times when it comes to our own personal um, ventures and things that we go after. And we've we've heard this idea of Write down the vision, right? You hear it all the time. You want to start a business? Write the vision. You want to you want to go back to school? Write the vision. Make it plain. Um, we hear that all the time, and no one really ever emphasizes the second part of that that message, that verse that says, um, "So that a runner can carry the correct message to others." Or if you're in the ESV or other versions, it says, "So that he may run who reads it," right? And so nobody. A lot of people, I, I rarely hear that part of the verse. It's always just write the vision and God will make it happen. But you need someone, messengers, you need people to come and take that vision and help you and and take that message along the way, along to other people. And whether whatever it is, whether it be um, your church vision, whether it be your job, um, whether it be your own business. Whether whatever it is, you put down a dream, a goal, or whatever um, that these that people are telling you, write the vision, write the vision, write the vision. Um, but nobody's saying the other half is like you need people in order to make that vision come to pass. You can't do it all on your own. Obviously, you need God, but you also need other people because you need someone to take that vision and run with it. You need someone to be able to help you take it and run with it and and, and manifest it into. Um, reality and so um yeah so that's kind of what i'm talking about here today so my message title is catch the vision and so with that idea it's the same idea right is that um, pd has set forth a vision um for this church for kingdom living ministries and so with that vision we have to be able to come alongside and catch that vision and run with it. We got to be able to come along and say, all right, what does my pastor need? And being able to um, help bring forth that vision in any way we see possible, any way possible. 
Um, so a uh, quick story, <laughs> and it, it, this is weird doing it this way, but um, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'll adjust. I'll get into my groove. But um, yeah, so about uh, about two years ago, um, yeah, about two years ago, PD had to teach online. Um, he had a, he was t- he was teaching some online classes, some biblical classes online, and so he asked me to come and record for him, uh, record him teaching these classes, and then you know. Um, to edit them down and, and send it to him so that he could send and post to the classes. And so I did that and we did about, uh, we did about, yeah, I, don't know, I think it was about eight videos or something like that. And we would meet every Tuesday and we would do these videos. And from that, um, we were just discussing one day as we were setting things up and he said, man, I got a, I got a vision. I got, I got so much, I got so much word that I want to get out and I need to get these things out and I just need to, just get it out. And I just want to like, um, just get it all out there. I just need to get it out. I feel like I need to get this out. And so I was like, he was like, I just feel this urgency. And so I said, okay, cool. Um, let's do it. (laughs) You know? And at the time I didn't really have, I didn't really catch the vision yet. Right. But, um, uh, fast forward, like about a year after that, and we were, we had been recording the videos. We hadn't really done anything with them yet because we weren't really sure what to do or whatever. And we, the subject kind of came up again. And we were like, well, what do we do with these videos? And so we started live streaming. Um, actually, very well, a little bit before now, we started live streaming. Um, it was like the end of October, early November. If you go back on the KLM videos, you can see our first live stream was there. It was like October or something. Um, and so that was all because I, I had at that point caught the vision. I was like, hey, let's do a live stream. Let's do it. Let's just like I got all the equipment. I got cameras. I got gear. I got computers. I got everything we need to. Um, we already had a sound system here. We got a church. Um, and there was only a few things that we need to buy to uh, make this thing happen. And so he was like, all right, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's go for it. And so the first couple of live streams were pretty rough. If you go back and watch them, they were pretty rough, but we, we figured it out and we worked it on and we progressed and, you know, um, we kept going and just, just incremental improvements and me figuring things out and working through and learning new things as I go. And so fast forward from that day, that was October, 2019 to March, um, 2020 and everybody knows what happened i don't need to say it (laughs) but um the it was towards the end of march um you know basically the entire country shut down and churches weren't able to meet anymore and we needed to do something but fortunately for us we had already been doing it it was just a matter of now we're just doing it with no one here except for me and pd and um later of uh, a couple of weeks or so into that because uh, you know in the beginning everybody thought oh it'll go away in a, about a month or two um a couple of weeks into that pd messaged me and was like man you really had the vision like i'm glad that you you, you caught the vision and you got the idea to uh, do this and make it happen because um so many churches are, are, are just now and we're talking about now where it's october it's november actually and so many churches are still not able to get online and they still don't know what, you know, how to how to navigate through all this. And since we had been already doing it for a couple of months, it was it was a smooth transition for us, much smoother than a lot of other churches, uh, smaller churches and or, or churches that weren't um, I should say churches that weren't streaming at the time. And so, yeah, um, that's just one example of what it means to catch the vision and, and really see what your pastor is like, catch that idea that your pastor has or your ministry leaders have um, for the church and and take it and run with it because you don't know what the outcome of that is. You don't know what the future holds for that. For me, it was just like, hey, we got all this stuff. I might as well use it and, and take advantage of it. But um, I didn't know that, you know, uh, 2020 was going to bring a, a, a pandemic and a, a global shutdown of, of gatherings and 
things like that. And so, um, yeah, you just got to catch that vision. You got to catch that that drive and that that like uh, I think of it as like um, the making the vision yours. Like it becomes yours. It becomes part of you. So like it says here, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. And so just that idea of carrying the message, the correct message to other people. You know, um, when I started the live stream thing, it wasn't just me. It was other people that came along and helped out. You know, we had Minister Allen helped out and, and, um, and Trey and uh, Cleavon helped out and, and different people um, helped me get it started and helped me get it up and running. Obviously, PE was involved um, heavily. And so, yeah, it was just a lot involved with it. And all these people came. But if it wasn't for me catching his vision and taking that to other people and taking it to um, Trey and Cleavon and Mr. Allen um, um, and, and really just embracing it, it may not have turned out the same way, right? Because it, it, it's one thing you got to catch the vision, but you also got to catch the correct vision and translate it correctly. Like, you know, the, the game of telephone, by the time it gets to the 10th person, is is it's all messed, the message is all messed up. So we don't want that. We want to carry the same message consistently um, to other people, to anyone that, that will, basically anyone that will listen. And so um, we're gonna get into that a little bit. Uh, well, a little bit more. That was kind of my intro. <laughs> um, but we're gonna get more into that and, and discuss really what it means to serve and to catch the vision of your leader. And to serve in your local church, your local church community. For us here, that for for members, that means here at KLM. Or for anyone else watching online, that means your local church, wherever it is. If you don't have a local church, Kingdom Living is a pr- great place to be, um, and it's a great place to join. And so, we'll get into that later. But um, I'm going to ask this question, and I, I had again, I had planned to pose this in the chat. We have a little bit of interaction. And things just didn't go that way, but um, you can do it anyway. And I'll, I'll be watching the premiere, and we we can kind of play along as if we were live. But um, when you think of ministry, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? So I want you to type that in the chat in in the in the live premiere chat, and just type what what do you what are the first things that come to your mind when you think of ministry? Um, whatever it may be, whether it's pastoring or ministering like I like I'm up here doing now or maybe maybe you thought about a prophet or maybe you thought about a prayer leader or a prayer team maybe you thought about worship leaders um a band even playing on a band or being part of a band um but I'd imagine that most of you most of you thought of things that are visible when you thought about ministry you thought about Things that are visible, even if it's an evangelist who's out in the sh- and doing street preaching, right? Um, you thought about things that are visible, but you probably didn't think about ministry in terms of a janitor or a key holder or the money counters or um, uh, the children's workers. Um, because a lot of people think children's workers are just a daycare. So drop the kids off so I can go to church and enjoy the service without kids climbing and screaming and crying and all those things. Um, but that's actually a ministry. And you're actually, you know, those children's workers are actually ministering to kids. Uh, here we have um, minister mom Jackie. And, but, and some others have participated. I've participated a few times. Um, but... Most people don't think of children's work as a ministry. Most people don't think of being a janitor at your local church, a ministry. Most people don't think about being a key holder as part of the ministry. You mostly think of figureheads. You think of things that are in the public eye. You think of things that are behind a podium or on a stage or um, in the case of street preaching, you're just you're behind a you know a microphone or a bullhorn or you're just yelling, you know, in the street. Um, but those ministries are just as important as the ministry. Um, what we we 
what is called in the Bible the ministry of helps. And the ministry of helps is basically all those things. It's all the kind of the behind the scenes things that happen. Um, it encompasses the others too. It encompasses preaching and teaching and serving and prophesying and praying and all those things. But um, it's kind of the main focus is more on the, if I can put it that way, the administrative side of things, um, the side of the things that nobody sees, the, 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 the man behind the camera, which right now is nobody because I'm by myself, but um, whether it be the man behind the camera or the person on the soundboard, again, nobody there because I'm by myself, but <laughs> in a normal, uh, quote unquote, normal um, church setting, um, it's those people, right? The people that nobody necessarily recognizes. Um, I'm going to use a lot of air quotes today. I don't know. <laughs> but um, that's why it's, it's so important. The ministry of helps is just as important. If not, I don't know. I don't want to say more important, but it may, I don't, in my personal opinion, let's put it that way. In my personal opinion, it's probably more important than um, the vocal and public ministries. Because those are the um, things that keep the church running. Uh, if you're a pastor and you're pastoring a church and there's no one to clean the bathroom or clean the floors or vacuum or and, and do all those things, nobody's probably going to come to your church because it's dirty and you know they're just like, I'm not going there. That church is dirty. Why would I want to go there? Um, if you're... Um, same thing with, with the children's workers. Uh, eventually, it gets to a point, if your kids aren't learning anything and they're just there for daycare, um, you may be a little skeptical about how about sending them there again because you want them to learn something. You bring them to church to learn. So you may be skeptical about bringing, the, bringing them there or even going to church at all because you're like, hey, I need to... Um, because if there isn't a children's worker and you have young kids like I do, um, it may be a hassle and it's distracting sometimes and you feel bad. Um, thankfully, PD is very open about, you know, kids, I mean, when, when, when before all this happened, um, when we were gathering together, PD was very vocal and open about having young kids in, in the service and, you know, they're not a distraction, they're not a hindrance uh, if they're kids and thankfully he loves kids and so, we never really felt that way, but I can I can understand um, parents who feel that way when you know going to a service, whatever. But like I said, if it's another church or it's your first time here, um, and you're like, oh man, these kids are they're all over the place and they want to run up and down the aisles and they you know if you don't let them run up and down the aisles and they're crying and so you're, you're disrupting. You feel like you're disrupting the service. Here we go with the air quotes again, right? <laughs> Um, you feel like you're disrupting the service, and um, but obviously that's not the case. But that is also the benefit of a children's worker is that the kids are able to go to their own place, be ministered to on their level, when that keeps them engaged, keep helps them understand, and so they're growing in God as well as they're not a distraction to you, so you can hear the word as well as. Um, like I said, those those um, they're they're keeping you coming back um, because you feel comfortable with your kids learning from a minister like Minister ja um, Mom Jackie or um, Brother Alfred or Minister Cleavon or myself or Minister Courtney and anybody else that has volunteered, uh, which is a lot of people. So I don't I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'm not going to name any more names, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so you feel you feel um, you feel comfortable, and so those are the things that are important. Like I said, it, it's important if you have those. It's important to have those people because otherwise, um, the church can't run and function the way it needs to, and so people are hindered from hearing the word because we're naturally just that's just how people operate, right? That's how people think. People think oh man, this place is dirty. And so they're not comfortable. So they're not focused on the word because they're looking for roaches or mice or whatever. Um, <laughs> or um, I don't know why I keep going back to the cleaning thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, thankfully, 
we do a great job here. Alfred does a great job here keeping the place clean. And so um, that's not our issue. I just think, I'm, I, I guess probably I'm thinking of it because this is one thing that a lot of people don't, a lot of people take for granted. A lot of people don't think uh, about those things. They don't think about the bathroom being clean until it's not, right? I mean, you, it's, it's one of those things where it, everything is great. As long as everything is great and clean and perfect, then it's perfect. And so people don't think, um, people don't second guess anything until the day you come in and the bathroom's not clean and then you're like, oh man, this is, this is not, this is not cool. Right. Um, so what, let's, let's move on and let's talk about what is the ministry of helps. And so, like I said, part of it is, or a, a large part of it is the, um, just the ability to help and do acts of service and, and um, in any capacity. Um, part of it is the administrative and the, the counting the money and the, being a key holder and making sure that the doors are locked when we're not here and the doors are open when we are here so that people can come and join and sit and, and, and hear the word on time. Because um, there's nothing worse than when you get to um, your church or anywhere, really, and they're supposed to be open at a certain time and they're not. And then you're sitting outside and, you're, you know, again, it's one of those things that everything's fine until it's not. And so you you go back and you're like, oh, man, the door is locked, and, but it's 930 and we got to get upstairs for prayer and um, all these things. Or, oh, I had to go to the, you know, I got to go to this store and, and you get there and the person who's supposed to open the door isn't there. And so now you're waiting and now, you know, you had a certain amount of time to shop and get whatever you need to get. Maybe you went to, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a Walmart somewhere. I'm trying to think of somewhere that's not 24 hours. Um, and so maybe you went in there, um, and you were going to go in there for five minutes, grab what you need to go, and, and get out so you can get onto your destination. The door is locked when it should be open. Um, so things like that. Obviously, money counters is a big one because they're the ones who, you know, are managing the church finances. Um, we have a lot of electronic giving now, you know, especially online. Nobody's counting money right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, when we whenever we join back together, that's an important role, um, counting the money, because we need to make sure that number one is accounted for for your personal records. So that at the end of the year, when you get your tax, re your tax forms, um, we make sure that you're credited for the amount of money that you actually gave um, and also obviously to pay the bills here or uh, or in our next building, wherever we're at, and also to make sure our pastor is paid correctly um, when he does go full-time ministry. All those things are important because from the money counters, right? Um, yeah, I can go on and on and on. There's so many different things that you do in the ministry of helps that people, like I said, kind of turn a blind eye to until or should not a blind eye but they they kind of ignore until things aren't right and then it becomes a major issue and then you realize how important the ministry of helps actually is and so go with me to um first corinthians first corinthians can't talk today first corinthians chapter 12 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I per, I, I've really been enjoying the CSV, CSB version. So I'm going to read out of the CSB version. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll start from verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that... You were pagans. You, when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifest, manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom 
through the spirit to another, a message of knowledge by the same spirit to another, faith by the same spirit to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit to another, the performing of miracles to another, prophecy to another, distinguishing between spirits to another, different kinds of tongues to another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. For just as one, just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given the spirit to drink, given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not part, not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that, is it, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe, with, we clothe these with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put together, put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there will be no division. The body, in the body, but the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, the third teachers, next miracles, then gifts of healing, helping leading various, helping leading various kinds of tongues are all, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all do miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but desire the greater gifts. And I will show you an even better way. And so that's First Corinthians chapter 12. And the reason why I read the whole chapter is because um, context, basically. Um, and so as you see in the beginning, um, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And he says, you know that when you were, I'm um, sorry, he says, um, where go? Chapter, I mean, verse four. Now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. And so um, of all the spiritual gifts, all the spiritual gifts are active in all of us. No one has cornered the market on any particular spiritual gift. Um, some are more gifted than others. Everyone can preach, but not everybody can preach. <laughs> um, everyone can teach, but not everybody can teach, right? Um, so there, there's... Everyone's gifted differently. Everyone has a different measure of gift, but we all have the gift. Um, we all have a gift. We all have the spiritual gifts operating in us. And when the Holy Spirit manifests those spiritual gifts, um, it doesn't really matter who you are. And it doesn't matter if that's your gifting or not, um, because they can work in all of us. And the Holy Spirit uses any of us in any situation. You might not be the greatest preacher, but in the right situation with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can preach to thousands and, and, and change lives. Um, and so the question that I have is, what are we all called to be a part of the ministry of helps? And the answer is yes. Um, obviously, the answer is yes. We have all been called to, to be a part of the ministry of helps. We have all been called to take on um, servitude. Uh, when you ask, when you look at the day of judgment, what does Jesus say? Jesus says, does he say, well done, my good and faithful pastor? No. Does he say, well done, my good and faithful prophet, worship leader, evangelist? 
children's worker? No. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So we're all called to serve. Um, and if you see in, like I said, verse four, it says, there are many different gifts, all different types of gifts, all different types of ministries, but they are all a manifest a manifestation of the spirit. Verse seven says, a manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. And so each of us receive a manifestation of the spirit, a different gift um, for the common good. In other words, for the furtherance of the gospel, for the um, what you will get into later, but um, for the building up of the body of Christ, uh, I believe it's the ESV version says um, for the equipping of the body of Christ and for the building, the equipping and building up of the body of Christ. Uh, so we are all gifted as part of the body of Christ to perform different tasks and to help um, and to help the body function normally. When you think about um, the lesser the quote-unquote lesser parts of the body, the parts that aren't exposed, right? You don't necessarily think about the face. I mean, you think about the face as a, a visible part of your body. You think about hands and feet and different things, visible parts of your body. Um, but the lesser parts, the parts that go ignored most of the time, um, your lungs or your heart, uh, your veins, um, I don't know, your kidneys, your liver, your gallbladder, um, there's different parts of your body that go ignored until, some, again, it's kind of the same thing, right? Until something goes wrong. Um, and when everything's fine, you don't think about those parts. You don't think about your kidneys every single day. You don't wake up and unless, like, unless you're like PD and you worked in the dialysis unit. And so you're always kind of, you know, thinking about how important your kidneys are. Most, they, most people aren't thinking about their kidneys. Um, which if they did, they probably wouldn't drink all, all, you know, soda and all these sugary drinks that are, you know, just bad for you. But that's another sub subject for another day. I'll leave that to um, <laughs> Minister Courtney. Um, but you don't think about those parts of the body. When you think about those parts of the body, uh, you realize how important they are and how um, they help the function of the body. If you've ever seen someone on dialysis, you know how important your kidneys are. If you ever seen somebody with diabetes, you know how important your pancreas is. Um, if you've ever seen someone um, uh, need gallbladder surgery, you understand, I'm not exactly sure what the gallbladder does, but you understand that it is, it's important in some way because it's the, the pain um, is debilitating. The, uh, someone with kidneys, they're weak all the time, it seems like. Um, with someone with kidney failure, um, you know, same thing with like with diabetes. You see people who, uh, if they can't get it under control, they start losing other limbs. That's how important it is that it affects other parts of your body to the point where you start losing fingers and toes and different things. And so, you understand um, how important the the so called lesser parts of the body are when things go wrong. But so, the, Paul is saying here it's the same thing with the body of Christ, those parts of the body that seem insignificant because they're not in front of a camera, um, they're not behind the pulpit, they're not, um, they're not visibly serving in a way that brings glory, really brings glory to them um, or, or could bring glory to them. Um, at least that's what people think, right? Uh, they they want to be in front of the camera. They want the spotlight. They want that that uh, and if they want that um, can't think of the word right now. They want that focus. They want the attention. That's the word I'm looking for. I don't know why that was so hard to think about, but they want that attention. But the reality is that there's some parts of the body that are crucial that aren't even visible, right? Like I said, your heart is not visible. But it's the most, probably the most important part of your body, um, or one of the most, right? Because even if your your heart may be functioning, but if your brain's not functioning, then I mean, you know, you're you're um, you're just a vegetable. So, uh, or same thing with your lungs and different things. 
Like every part of the body, the point that I'm getting to is every part of the body is crucial, is, is so important to the functioning of the body. And so when you think about the Christian, uh, the body of Christ, the Christian walk, serving in your local community, serving in your local church, um, specifically, I'm just talking to church people right now, um, Christians, you realize that you start to realize, or I hope, I'm hoping you're starting to realize that cleaning the church is a very important role. That um, showing up every Sunday to record your pastor, um, <laughs> like I do, not trying to put any spotlight on myself, but just as an example, is an important role. Um, I, we saw how important that is today um, <laughs> when, the, when the live stream wasn't working. And I was the only one here that could fix it. And I, even I couldn't fix it at the time. Um, so that's an important role that, you know, it doesn't matter who's, it doesn't necessarily matter who's behind the camera, but what's important is that somebody's behind the camera. Um, I don't, personally, I don't care if it's me or if it's not. The point is that somebody has to be there. Someone has to be there to um, keep the body functioning. Uh, and the same thing for, like I said, same thing for children's workers, same thing for uh, administrative roles uh, that, you know, someone has to send out those emails um, right now is, is Angel, but someone has to send out those emails and updates and let us know, let us as members know what's going on, right? It, if nobody doesn't do it, then how do we know what's going on? How do we know when we can come back and meet together again? How do we know? Um, anything that's going on with any of our members or, or anything else. Um, and PD can't do it all by himself. He's only one man um, and he is a man. He's not God. And so he can't do it all by himself. He has a family. He has um, he has his own other responsibilities. He's in school right now um, getting his doctorate. And so that in itself is a, enough <laughs> for a lifetime. And so he can't do it all. He can't call every single member. He can't, you know, as much as he tries, he can't call every single member and check up on them and make sure that they're okay. Uh, I know that's his vision and that's his desire, but it's just physically um, not possible without the help of us, without the help of the ministers, without the help of other members, without the help of the church as a body, um, checking up on each other and making sure each other are okay and and, and then checking up on him and making sure that he's okay and making sure that his family's okay and seeing if they need anything. And so um, it's crucially and critically important to um, just understand how important different parts of the body are to uh, the body of Christ. And so I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time here, but uh I'm going to get to one other point. So what is what does it mean to be a servant or a steward? And why is that important? And so um, stewardship is, by definition, is the job of supervising or taking care of something, such as an organization or property. And a servant is a person performing a helpful act or providing aid. And so... Based on that, like, what does stewardship look like? What does servanthood look like? And how can we use that to um, catch the vision, right? Um, so if you go with me to uh, John chapter 13, John chapter 13, verse 1. John chapter 13, verse 1. And it says, as soon as I get it up, it says this. John chapter 13, verse 1 says, Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put in put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with, with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? 
Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus, Jesus replied, if I, do not wa- if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. This is what he. This is why he said, "Not all of you are clean." And so, um, oh, and then when Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to him, "Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly, since that is what I am. So, if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example." that you you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. And so Jesus is modeling for us here um, what it means to be a servant, what it means to serve um, each other, to serve the body of Christ. And so just as he said here in verse 16, um, I'm sorry, verse 7, yeah, verse 16, a servant is not greater than his master. And so Jesus is our master. We know that. Um, he's the Lord. Lord can also be translated master um, loosely. Uh, well, I, well, I guess more than loosely. Um, but Jesus is our master. He's our Lord. And so we are not greater than him. We know that. And so we should be serving each other. We should be. We don't necessarily have to wash each other's feet. Um, but the idea is the posture of your heart. Are you willing to wash each other's feet if that's what it takes um, to serve each other? And so as servants, we need to we need to wash each other's feet in whatever capacity that means or whatever context that means. We need to be there for each other as well as for our pastor, as well as you know, um, as well as for our church. And so we need to have a servant's heart is the idea, right? If I told you that we were going to have a foot washing service and we were going to come in, which those do exist, um, we were going to come in and everybody's going to wash each other's feet. Um, what is your what is going through your mind? And most people are like, "That's disgusting. <laughs> um, I'm not doing that." Um, or even some people are like, "So prideful." Uh, they're like, no, nobody's going to wash my feet. Like, kind of like Peter was like, no, not, no, you can't wash my feet. You're the, you're the pastor. You're my wife. You're my, uh, you know, you're my spouse. You, whatever. Uh, I'm supposed to be serving you. And so, um, but that's actually a, a form of pride as well, because um, like Penny told me one time, um, and I know he's said, said this to other people, but when you deny people, um, when you deny people blessing you, um, you're also you're ultimately denying your own blessings, and so you, you're denying them of a blessing as well because they want to bless you, and so that means they want to wash your feet. Um, <laughs> you know, you should let them. You should also offer to wash their feet, but um, you know, you don't be so prideful that you can't take something from someone, and so or you can't ask for help. Right. And so that's the idea. Don't be so prideful that you can't ask for help, but also be willing to offer help and whatever. Again, whatever capacity that means, check your heart. Brother Frank preached a couple of weeks ago about where's your heart. And he was coming from the context of um, giving ties and offerings, ties and offerings. Um, so he was coming from the context of money. But the reality is like. Where is your heart in general? I know in James chapter four, I want to say James chapter four, verse three. I'm not going to go there because I'm running out of time. But um, we all know the scripture. It says, you have not because you ask not. But the second part of scripture, nobody ever really recognizes or even mentions. And even it took me, I guess it was a couple of years ago when I realized the second part of that scripture, or I think it's the next verse, says, and you do not receive because you ask from wrong motives. 
And so sometimes we, we're, we're always, we go around and we confess, oh, you have not because you asked not. And so God, I'm asking you for a million dollars and I don't understand why I'm not getting it. Well, because you're asking out of wrong motives. What is your motives behind asking for that million dollars? Um, is it to serve your local church? Do you want a million dollars so that you can bless your church with a church building? Um, come on, somebody. Uh, I know I'm married by myself, but come on. Um, do you want a million dollars so that you can uh, serve your local community? Do you, or do you want a million dollars so you can buy yourself a big house, big car, or nice car, expensive car, um, and buy all new clothes and throw everything out and buy all expensive stuff and for the ladies, buy your handbags and your shoes and all, you know, all those things that, uh, that you love to buy that are expensive. And so you can walk around and have everybody say, hey, look at her or look at him. He must have money. He must be rich. Um, and, and, and to praise you for whatever it is that you have. Um, and if that's your motive, then no, yeah, God's not going to bless that. God's not going to give you that, especially if you're like, you know, you're not even going to pay your tithes on it. <laughs> um, he's like, well, you're not even giving me my cut that, that belongs to me. You think I'm going to give you the, the other 90%? You don't even give me the 10% from the, the, the money that I've blessed you with so far. Um, and so I'm not going to preach on tithing again. I think Brother Frank did an excellent job with that. and I don't need to go over it. But um, it goes for other things as well. Are you, you know, I know you can't, you can't, you can't tithe your time in the sense of it's not biblical to tithe your time. But if that's all you got, I mean, come on, bring it. But I think your time shouldn't even be a tithe. It should be an offering. Um, and if you know anything about, which you should by now, if you know anything about tithes and offerings, uh, the offering is, is anything above the tithe. And so um, if you're giving your time to KLM, and you say, well, I'm going to tithe my time, then, you know, or you should be giving your tithes anyway, your financial tithes, and anything above that. So if you say, well, I'm going to give my time also, then that's an offering. And we know from Scripture that God blesses, he bless, not only blesses the tithe, but he blesses the offering 30, 60, and 100 fold, right? And so there is something to offering your time see what i did there offering your time um to your church and going after that and saying and embracing that and so there are a multitude of needs in the church but if you don't have that servant's heart and you don't have the the mindset and the heart to um go after and, and seek after whatever um the needs of the church are then how can you expect God to bless you in other areas? It's the same idea as, as, as the tithe. Um, it's the same idea as in James chapter, I want to say it's chapter four, verse six. I, I don't know why I can't remember the, the but it's the same idea in James. Um, if you are, if you're not going above and beyond, if you're not offering, if you're offering, if you're offering, even if you're offering your time, but you're offering out of wrong motives, because, you know, you want to be praised for it. You want to say, hey, look, I came to church three weeks in a row. I was on a live stream three weeks in a row. Um, somebody give me a bat, uh, you know, a pat on the back. Give me a hand clap. Um, God's not going to bless that. You know, it's got to be out of your heart. And if, it, if there is something wrong with your heart, which I mean, ultimately, we are all a little bit of so a little bit selfish. Um, That's the human heart is just selfish um, a, a common thing these days very common uh, especially now with with everything that's going on a common thread among um, mental health and things like that is you know this idea of self-care and or and even not beyond mental health just um, in, in the entrepreneurial world even and in, in business world everywhere is all about take care of you first take care of me first I'm not doing anything for anybody else till I take care of me first. But the reality is that we don't see that anywhere in the Bible. Um, and actually, we, you know, a lot of times we see the opposite. Uh, this will be, I'm going to go to this one, and this will be my last scripture. Um, 
Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse um, 3. For the for by the, by the grace given to me, I tell you, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, all and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one in the body of Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching and teaching, if exhorting and exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. So we see here Paul is saying, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Um, don't think that you are it. And um, there's another scripture, but again, I'm not going to go to it, but you can read it on your own time where, you know, Jesus says, um, do not, don't love your life, right? He talks about don't love your life. He says the one who loves his life will lose it ultimately. And the one who loses his life will find it, uh, will find eternal life in the, in the world. It, it, I don't want to mess the scripture up, but um, he says, hold on, I had it here. Oh, John chapter 12, verse 23. It says that whoever loves his life will lose it, but the one who loses his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And so it's the same idea of you don't want, you shouldn't love your life. Um, it's not about you first. It's about the body first. It's about the body of Christ first. And then by serving you, by serving others, um, ultimately God will take care of you. Uh, well, my wife and I were dating. We, I said something similar to that. And I was like, you know, um, I'll take care of you. Like, you don't worry about you. I'll take care of you. And her response was, but then who's going to take care of you? And I said, well, if we both have the same heart to take care of each other, then I don't need to worry about myself. Because you're going to worry about me and I'm going to worry about you. Not worry. That's a bad word. But um, you're going to take care of me and I'm going to take care of you. And my desire will be to take care of you and your desire will be to take care of me. And guess what? We're good. We don't have to worry about take care of me first and, you know, all this the stuff that that goes into it. We are we'll, we will literally be taking care of each other. And the same thing goes for the body. The heart doesn't say, well, I got to I got to protect me. I got to keep all this blood, you know, this oxygenated blood for myself. No, it says, all right, here, take it. Here you go. Here you go. Limbs. Here you go. Fingers. Here you go. Toes. Take all the blood you need. Give me all your trash. I got it. Right. Give me all the all the the, the blood without any oxygen. Give it back to me. I'll, I'll clean it up. Move it through the body. Right. I'll, I'll circulate everything. I'll keep everything moving. Right. Um, your kidneys don't say, oh, well, I. I'm always getting the trash, so um, you know I'm always getting the I'm always getting the waste. I, I got to clean up all this blood for every. I got to clean up all this blood for you guys, and I'm taking care of me first. You know what? I'm shutting it down. I'm taking care of me first. What happens when that happens? The whole body shuts down, right? Um, and so, I, don't get me wrong. You should you know practice some form of self care. I'm not saying like give all that you got. But just know that that's not that's, that's not biblical. The biblical principle is that everyone should be taking care of each other. When you think about Acts chapter um, two, I think it's Acts chapter two. It might have been chapter one. Um, the by, like they brought everything that they had. The entire church brought everything that they had. Everything that they had. Um, they brought it to the church, and then they divided amongst each other. And the one, the people that said, oh, I'm going to take care of me first, Ananias and Sapphira, what happened? The Holy Spirit struck them down. Um, Peter asked, is this, is this everything? And they said yes, and they lied. Um, the Holy Spirit struck them down. So I think there's something to that that we're missing in 2020. 
um, with the self-care, I'm going to call it, here we go, air quotes, I'm going to call it the self-care movement, um, where we should not be looking to take care of ourselves first. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. You should take care of yourself. But what I'm saying is you, it shouldn't be me first. It should be the body first. Um, it should be my spouse first. It should be my kids first, um, my family first. And then ultimately, if everybody's looking to take care of each other, then it's going to come back around to you somehow. Um, it may not be from that person. It could be from somebody else, but it'll come back around in a circle because I may have something that you need and you might not necessarily have something that I need, but you have something that that person needs. And that person has something that I need. And because you gave it, because I gave something, I have met your need and you met that person's need, that person might come back to me and say, hey, I, I saw what you did for uh, Lady Courtney. And so here, I want to give you this because I know you need this, right? And so just this idea of serving. So I'm going to get to my five points. His, um, and I have so much to talk about, but I guess I'll, I, I guess you can catch moments with PD and I'll, I'll go a little bit into that. Um, my five practical steps to serving your church and your to serving your church and your pastor. So number one is just do something. Just do something. Just show up. Um, reach out to 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 PD uh, if you're if you're not a member of KLM. Reach out to your local pastor. Um, if you're not a member of a church, get be, become a member, um, and then reach out to that pastor. And the first thing you should do after becoming a member and getting saved is what can I do to help? What do you need? Um, you may not know exactly what to do. I had no idea um, the things that I would what I, that I would be doing in KLM when I joined. I didn't have any idea. Um, I definitely didn't think I would be doing live streams. I didn't necessarily. I didn't think I would be even ministering um, in front of a, a camera or in, on a stage or whatever. Um, but I got involved. I just hey, what do you need me to do? And things started to work out. And then I, I did some of the things that I didn't necessarily enjoy, um, like going to the storage unit every Sunday, if anybody remembers that. <laughs> um, but that opened up doors because I was faithful with that. When you're faithful with the little, God will give you much, right? So because I was faithful with that, I can be trusted to do other things that were more important and more crucial to the functioning of this church. And so I was faithful with the little things that didn't necessarily, um, well, actually getting the equipment was kind of important, but we could have probably preached without it. Um, so I was faithful with that. And now I'm in, you know, sort of I'm running uh, and that's kind of by default too, but I'm, I'm managing the entire church media, the online and all that stuff. So, just get involved. Just do something. You don't know where that could lead you to. Um, it can lead you to a, a multitude of other things and things that you may enjoy and that you love. Um, but you got to be faithful somewhere. You got to start somewhere. So first point is just do something and show up. Um, right now we don't. We're not meeting in person, but you should show up. Show up to the to the to the Zoom. The thankful. Right now we're doing Zoom. Thankful Thursdays. Um, show up on the Zoom. Show up. In the live stream, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, like our Facebook page. There's members who haven't even liked our Facebook page. Um, it's the little things like that that you can do and just be present and just show up. Um, show up to whatever it is that the church is doing, whether it be the, the women, if you're a woman, obviously, if you're a man, you can't do it. But if you're a woman, join the women's prayer calls on Saturday mornings. Um, just be a part of the body. Be show up, and and then you'll see things start to open up. Um, I, there's so many times where I've just, you know, I'm speaking from personal experience, just because I don't really have anything else to reference, and there's nobody else here. But um, so I don't want anybody to think that like I'm just trying to brag. But there's so many times where I've been, um, in, I just showed up, and I've been in situations where. Uh, PD or Lady Courtney or um, somebody in the church will mention something and I'm like, hey, I can do that. And so I just offer it, you know, I offer my, my, 
my help and my service. And um, I've seen a multitude of results from that. So sometimes it's just about being there. It's about just showing up and being available. Um, there's a joke, there's a meme that go, that's uh, been going around that says like, when you show up to a black, a black party early, you end up being part of the setup crew. And it's, there's some truth to that, right? And, it, and I don't think it just, it just, it's just us, the black people, but I think it's just people in general, when you're, there's never enough help. <laughs> there's never enough help. So when you show up early anywhere, um, they're going to ask you for help. And so they're going to get you involved, whether you want to or not. And so I think that's just the thing, right? Just show up, be there, be early, and or even be on time and opportunities will come. If you have no idea what to do. Now, if you have ideas and you know things that you can do, then reach out to, to PD or reach out to, to, to um, one of the ministers, myself or anybody else. Uh, I'll put the, that's the beauty of pre-recording. I'll put the, the link, uh, the email down here for uh, Kingdom Living as well as PD's email. Um, and email them and say, hey, like I want to get involved. I have a specific set of talents, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know if you can use it, but here's what I can do. And, and j just kind of see what happens. Number two, um, pray for your church and your pastor daily. Um, that's a big one. You always need, we all, all of us, we always need prayer. We all need prayer. Um, and so um, this is a big undertaking. Uh, even, it seems easy. And part of that is by design. Um, but the reality is, like I said, it's like the clean bathroom. If, if everything's fine until something goes wrong. And so as we saw this morning, <laughs> um, and so this is huge, but even outside of this, just preparing a message is a lot of work. Um, and any of the past people that have been up here, brother Frank, um, Minister Courtney, Minister Cleavon, uh, myself, we can all tell you that this is a lot of work and we've only done a week, you know, um, I think well, Minister Corny did two weeks, but and actually Minister Frank did two weeks as well. But um, that's two weeks. Uh, PD preaches not, you know, as of this year, he preached nine months out of the year. Um, so it's a lot of work. As much as you don't understand, like you may not know because you may have never prepared a message, but it's a lot of work. And so um, prayer is always something that is needed for your pastors, for, for your first family, um, for the right household in our case. Um, they always need prayer. And so you should always be praying for them. And then the Holy Spirit will sometimes speak to you and, and tell you like, hey, you know, you should call PD. He needs this or you should call Lady Courtney. She she needs this and whatever. And so, um, pray for your pastor. Pray for your church daily, and um, and you'll see like the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you just by doing that and say, hey, the church needs this. The church is going to need it. You know, the church needs an extra hundred dollars or whatever it is. I don't know. I, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not God, so I can't tell you. But um, just what I can tell you is I've been in those positions and I know other people that have been in those positions where you're just praying for them and, um, you know, the Holy Spirit and God will reveal things to you um, that, you know, like, hey, or even other church members, right? So like like I said, praying for the church is also praying for your, the other members of the church and the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. Um, number what am I on? Number three, pray for, and this is, this is part of number two, so I won't go long in this one, exposition on this one, but um, pray for and help each other. Um, and it's the same idea. Pray for each other. Pray for the members of this church. And the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you and show you what, what needs to be done. Um, number four is give generously. And I talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, give your time. Obviously, give your offer, uh, your tithes, um, but give generously. Give whatever you can. And if it's your last dime, I can tell you from experience, um, give your last dime and the Lord will reward you. Uh, Mom Graham told me this, uh, I guess it was about a year ago now. No, earlier this year, actually. She said, you know, God never owes anybody anything. 
Um, he will always make sure he pays back his debts. And so um, God will not be in debt to anybody. And so if you give your last dime, believe that he will give it back and more. Um, and so the same thing with time, the same thing with whatever you have. Like I said, I use whatever I have. I'm a big believer in using whatever you have and, and to serve. And so I use whatever I have and, and it may not be the best. It may not work all the time <laughs> like today, but um, it's, it's all that I have. And, and by being faithful with it and giving what I have, I know that God is going to reward me with more and to where I can do better and achieve more and continue to go on. Again, I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm just what got me here. Um, and last, number five, connect with the, with the servant. And so when I say that, I mean, um, if you have absolutely no idea what to do, uh, connect with somebody who's already serving. Get connected with them. Find out what motivates them. Find out what keeps them going. Find out what um, keeps them motivated. Find out why, uh, why they keep doing what they're doing. And maybe you can get some inspiration. Maybe you can get some motivations and do things for yourself. Um, but just, yeah, just connect with people because again, it's not about you. You might have a bad day. You might have a bad week. Um, but you should always have the mindset that I'm here to serve. And so my bad week, my bad day doesn't matter because I'm here to serve for, um, serve the Lord. Like, uh, the audience of one, I don't know if you ever heard that before, but PD says it fairly often. Um, you're not doing it for him. You're not doing it for us. You're not doing it for the church. Um, you're doing it for the body of Christ and who Christ is the head. And so you're doing it for him. And so when you have that bad day or you don't feel like being here, or you don't feel like doing something that you may or may not have volunteered for, remember that you're doing it for, for Christ. Um, and for his body. And so if you remember that, at least for me, I know that's that's my general motivation to keep things going um, when I don't feel like doing things. And so that's all I have for you today. Um, Brother Frank is going to come with the communion and offering. And I hope you have a blessed day, blessed rest of the day, blessed rest of the week. Um, and I'll catch you on Monday for Moments of PD. So have a good one. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.